Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Our first reading today is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading continues from the first. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, here we are. Baccalaureate Sunday, the day where I get to do a commencement speech slash sermon for the youth who are graduating and going out into the wide world, and the rest of you get to listen in and try to glean something from my words. I wrestled with whether or not I was going to even do a baccalaureate sermon today, but then I was moved by a couple of things. One was a song by the Foo Fighters, which you will hear after my sermon. And then the other was Some Good News by John Krasinski. For the past month or so, John Krasinski, who is better known as Jim from The Office, has been making about 10 to 15 minute videos once a week to remind everyone that there is still good news out there, no matter how bad things seem. One of his more recent episodes was a graduation episode for high schoolers and college youth who missed their graduations. He even had several special guests speak for specific graduates. These guests included Steven Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, Malala Yousafzai, and Jon Stewart. These guests answered questions that the graduates had about next steps in their life. I decided to take a page out of SGN's book and do the same. I reached out to some of our graduates and asked them what question they might have for their commencement speaker or for someone who has gone through what they are going through now. Here's some of their questions. What was one thing that is similar to high school that you weren't expecting? Well, what's interesting is that they're so much different that you don't really pay attention to what's similar, but there is a lot. 
If you don't go to class, you don't do well. There are still social groupings based on extracurriculars that you choose. Your teachers do care about you and are willing to help if you seek them out. There is a lot that's the same. The main thing I remember realizing, though, is that just because I'm out of my parents' house, just because I've graduated high school, doesn't mean I am fully a complete adult. There were so many things that I had to call home about or ask the internet about. I think I was expecting to go away and become this new, brand new, sophisticated, ready-for-the-world adult. And really, I was still just me, figuring it out as I went along and learning that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. College is an awesome time to explore new ideas and topics that you haven't explored before, and those things can and will change you, but it will take time to do that. Just going to college, just leaving the house, just getting out into the world doesn't make you different than you were before. So the thing that was similar to high school that I wasn't really expecting was myself. The second question, does it go by fast? High school seemed to go very slow, so how will college compare? Will graduating college be less exciting? Yes and no. Helpful, right? I'm actually going to use an example from when I used to go to the gym and do exercises with Pastor Alex. By far, his favorite exercise to give others to do is something he calls minute on, minute off. He'll give you a certain exercise to do, let's say bench press, and then you have to do that bench press for one minute, as many reps as you can in that minute, and then you get a minute to rest, and then you do continual reps again for another minute and you get a minute to rest. This continues until you've done four minutes of constant reps with a minute in between. And then you do three other exercises targeting the same muscle group. To those who are uninitiated, this seems like an easy task. However, it is the worst thing that I have ever done in the gym, ever. Never in my life have I been confronted with the same amount of time seeming so long and so short right next to each other. The minute of exercise lasts for years, it seems, and the minute of rest flies by in the blink of an eye. I tell you this not to tell you how super ripped I am. Whatever muscle development I had, I've lost thanks to quarantine. I tell you this to say that throughout life, things will seem incredibly fast, and at times things will seem slow as molasses. My time in college seemed quite long, perhaps because I took six years to graduate, and towards the end I thought I might never get my degree because it was taking so long. But now I look back on it, and six years doesn't seem like much time at all. Heck, I've been here at this job for eight years come August. Whether it's slow or fast, we don't get to choose, but we do get to choose what we do with the time that we have been given. 
So choose to do things that bring you deep joy. Choose to do things that harbor passion in yourself and inspiration in others. Choose to do things that get the most out of the place that you currently are. So that when it is time to move on, you feel sad to leave a place that you have invested so much of yourself, but at the same time, you are ready and excited and a little bit scared, and that's normal, for the next steps. Question three. How do you maintain your beliefs and faith during college? This is a good question and one I struggled with throughout my own college experience. I grew up in a church and spent a lot of time in my youth group, and I was very committed to maintaining my faith throughout college until I discovered sleeping in on Sundays. Now, some of you might already know this little well-kept secret, but Sundays are amazing days to sleep in and to take naps, probably because they were made as a day of rest. But whatever the reason, I found that come Sunday morning without my parents' encouragement, I was far less motivated to go to church. Eventually, I had to make a decision to prioritize my faith, and the way I did that was through visiting churches taking religion classes, and chatting with professors in my home church, doing a lot of different things to expand my faith. You see, faith, just like any living thing, can't truly be maintained. It has to change and grow and shift. This is how you know your faith is still alive. If you are not wrestling with your faith, purposefully engaging with things that put what you believe into question, trying to expand and shear and mold your faith based on what you know now versus what you knew then, whether then be a month ago, a year ago, or a day ago, then your faith for all intents and purposes is dead, or at least mummified. You can't decide that what you believe is the end-all, be-all, and it will always be that way. No one person has the whole encapsulated story of anything, and that is even more true when it comes to faith and God. What I will say is be wary of anyone who tells you that they have the answer to faith and be wary of anyone who is trying to sell you their beliefs instead of helping you to cultivate your own. God is so large, so beyond us, that if we ever claim to know the completeness of God or God's mind, we fool ourselves. So don't try to maintain your faith or beliefs. Use college to engage with those who believe differently than you. Ask them why they believe what they believe without judgment. Then ask yourself why you believe what you believe. Rinse and repeat. Find a home base, a local church, a church group on campus, or a couple of anchors from your home church. I could be a good one. 
someone that you feel comfortable coming back to and saying, well, I'm not sure about this, or I was talking to someone and they said this, and it's, it's interesting to me. Process these kinds of things. It's hard, but do it. Find someone who you trust to process with. This is a lifelong process but you have an opportunity to engage with such a variety of different people in all one space that you won't likely have again. So make sure that you use that opportunity. Don't maintain your faith. Grow your faith. Now that is the end of the questions, but I would be remiss if I didn't add a little bit of what I have already been thinking that I wanted to say to you before I came up with this question idea. Practice pulling in. This is another lesson that I've learned from working out with Alex long, long ago in the way, way back before, before all of this. We are biologically designed to push stronger than we pull. Both our triceps and our quads are pushing muscles. They are stronger than the pulling muscles that are on the other side, the biceps or the hamstrings. So if we want to get at, as good at pulling as we are at pushing, we have to work twice as hard. Now, some of you might see where I'm going with this already. We are so quick to push people away if they're different than us, if they confuse us, or if they annoy us. We have to work twice as hard to pull people in, especially if they are people who others push away, those who society has deemed undesirable. We have to remind ourselves to work out our emotional pulling muscles so that it becomes second nature to us. Practice pulling in. My next piece of advice comes from the Foo Fighters song, Times Like These, which you will hear in a moment, and it's learn to live again. There are going to be so many times in your life where you have to learn how to live again. This is one of them for a couple of reasons. First, you've graduated and you're moving on to something brand new. You have to learn how to live in that new space. What does it look like to be out of your parents' house or working a full-time job or making your own food or a million other little differences that are coming up? Who are you in those spaces and places? Who are you becoming? through those experiences. The second reason is because of the pandemic of COVID-19 and the quarantine. We are all learning how to live again in this new world of social distancing and no touching and empty churches and much, much more. You will forever be the class that even COVID-19 couldn't stop from graduating. Learn how to live again. Our scripture today seems like Paul's commencement address to the church in Colossae. Let me repeat some of his big points. Clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, 
gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And over all these virtues, put on love. The church was transitioning into a life without Paul being there. They were taking steps into a world that scared them, but also excited them. They would have successes and failures, just like you're going to. But remember that each success, each failure, every loss and every gain throughout life informs you and helps you to choose who you are becoming. And don't get it twisted. We are always becoming. We are never complete. We learn and we grow, we love and we lose, we fight and rejoice, and each time we learn how to live, how to love, how to give, and how to be again. And finally, let me share some words with you that have deep meaning in my life. Never be cruel or cowardly. Remember, hate is always foolish. Love is always wise. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. Always be curious and ask why. Be content, but never complacent. And always, always, always remember that love is the greatest force that we can wield. So wield it often and with abandon. To the graduating class of 2020, I am proud of you. I love you. Congratulations. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.